this is the second one in uh, the series that we've done about various Christian topics. This is Minor Town Prophets. We've got a, a Twitter account now. You can join that. Uh, we're on iTunes. Um, and we'll try and put the podcast on other, other devices, other search engines. Uh, this one... We're just going to try and f- uh, freewheel it a little bit and maybe talk about a little bit about, as Christians, why are we here? Why are we still here? You know, because the, the, the early disciples kind of seemed to believe that Jesus was going to return pretty soon after, after um, he died and rose and, and ascended to heaven. And, and so why are we still here like 2,000 years later on? Uh, and it's just a question of, you know, are we doing something wrong? Have we missed something? Or is it just a matter of a time scale thing? Um, you know, what is he waiting for? Uh, what do you think, Steve? What do you think? That's a big question, though, isn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. I really like the topic of eschatology, mm-hmm. you know, the study of the end times. And I've looked into it before because it's dramatic for one and two I don't really think I heard much about it in the church growing up so I kind of wanted to see what the different opinions were and yeah you know there's there's all kind of opinions on what the future of Christianity and this earth is that would kind of answer that question in different a real variety of different ways Um, and people I trust and like really like and think are really in a strong relationship with God, I hold different opinions on this. Um, and so you might kind of, I think it's worth looking into the different kind of forms of belief on this. I mean, some people would say, what's the, the point of even studying it? Why does that matter? And I, I suppose the study of the end times goes right back to your question. Mm. And that is because it's the purpose of your existence to some degree. Why are you currently here and why did Jesus not come back when the Thessalonians thought he may have come back already you know mm. 2000 years ago you know what are you what are we doing mm. and what is the plan and it's important to know it helps you know what kind of time you're living in which if there's any point to you know that passage in Matthew 24 when he's talking to his disciples about the end times it's know what kind of time you're living in be aware of what's going off you know, don't be ignorant. Don't wander around the head and sand. So, yeah, I do like the study. I think it's really important mm. um, and worth visiting if you've never visited it before. Mm. I think it's quite an interesting dialogue about kind of, and it dictates um, how you see God as well. Like, you know, are, are we meant to aim or, you know, in the last, last days, are things going to be really, really terrible or... Is the actual plan for for God to redeem the times to to kind of build? That's Steve's phone. It's fine. It's fine. You know, I thought you'd put it on mute, but it's fine. Are we meant to redeem the times? You know, is 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 God meant to? Is God, you know, intentionally building His kingdom on the earth more and more before He comes back? Or are we, you know, meant to just last out, keep going, 
things will get terrible and then we get plucked out of the mess and the crazy um, and how we see that kind of dictates a little bit I think how, how we think God is um, and I think it's you know it's an interesting thing to think about um, and like you know if you don't have an end game an end goal you kind of you're a bit aimless I think mm-hmm. um, partially yeah I mean you know there are people who as I mentioned who really I trust but would see that we're kind of here just to make the world better mm. and that is effectively Jesus coming bit by bit inch by inch mm. and then there are people who believe in some kind of big event and the timelines for that hold up you know are all over the place because you might believe one thing that you're going to kind of go through some difficult times or you might think no that's not for us we're going to be okay and it does affect your view of God you're right because what kind of it goes right back down to that fundamental question what kind of God would do these things it's funny because it's quite topical because the evangelical American evangelical church has been attacked in the mainstream media like in the Guardian and things Mm. and more than the Guardian I've, I've heard it on BBC actually for being really focused on just bringing Jesus back and at the cost of any kind of social change. Mm. So, like, when it comes down to gun reform in America, when the debate started, they've been accused of shutting it down, saying, you know, Jesus just needs to come back and he'll sort all this out. Mm. So just forget about all this. This is just a waste of our time. Our main goal is to make sure Jesus comes back. Oh, what about, you know, reforming our healthcare? Oh, don't don't even worry about that. Literally, the goal is to get Jesus back. He'll sort it out. And our real only hope in any of this mess is for Jesus to come back. So why don't we just forget about everything and make sure he comes back? And that kind of seems to be the attitude of certain, certain branches of the evangelical church as it's portrayed in the, in the media. Mm. And that's become under real attack because... Even in Britain, we want to see American society change because we seem to have more American news or more American politics in the news than our own politics. So we care about it and we care about seeing it change. And so when we feel like there's a religious group that are stopping that change for some like eschatological or crazy belief, as they would say, they don't like that. So it's come; they've come under serious attack for this belief. And... You know, I would say my own views aren't that far from them, but they're not the same. And you know, you have to. Good theology should bring life and should to everything it touches. Mm. And slightly off theology, even just a little bit, just a little bit wrong, mm. can be a great perversion of what God's plan is. So you have to be really careful, don't you? How you how yeah. it makes you live your life. Oh, massively. Yeah. If you, if you don't take the the full gamut of, of scripture. Um, you know, total, you know, in, in, in actual context, you can make it into anything, you know, you can, you know, make it into anything that is, you know, something that kind of facilitates your own desires rather than, than God's desires. You know, I was listening to the someone recently talking about, you know, how, how the Bible talks about, you know, the, the wealth of the nations will, will come to the church. And I found that quite interesting to think about and, and how, you know, in some ways, I've kind of thought that you know um, 
that would happen just as a divine action. But when you think, start thinking about, you know, those last times, you know, where God is, you know, restoring things, restoring his church, restoring the character of Christians, then you talk about, you know, maybe that is a way of, you know, in these times and in the future, the church and Christians will be such held in such high regard. That was my my iPad making a noise. Whoops. In such high regard um, that you know people, the world sees and thinks that they can invest their wealth into that, into the church, into Christians, into Christian businesses and actions, and have you know a real you know, interest come back from that because there's such an identity, such a, you know, a real, um, you know, kind of a real godlike um, stewardship by the church where, you know, every bit of money is accounted for and, and kind of invested wisely, just a real wisdom in the church. Uh, and like, you know, I, that takes time, I guess. You know, going back to the question of uh, why we're we still here. You know, we're, we're we're still ordaining and restoring. You know, the gifts that God, the Holy Spirit, you know, want in the church. Uh, you know, I've, we've lived long enough to kind of live through uh, certain moves of God. You know, in the early '90s. Uh, you know, like you know things like Toronto and and, and kind of seeing God in a, in a new way of um, showing him his, his real love uh, and his passion for for the church uh, and you know kind of Brownsville kind of different revivals have, have kind of for me shown different aspects different facets of God um, and we're still getting there we're still seeing new parts of him and, and um, so you know kind of going from glory to glory um, and that's just going to take some time, I think. And um, even you know, speaking for myself, you know, change has taken a real long time through lots of pain, lots of experience, um, lots of um, doubt and faith, um, and it's just the way it is, you know. And it's it's kind of like growing as as a believer is basically don't give up don't give yeah. up and keep going uh keep learning and if you don't pass one test don't don't fret just take the test again you know uh, and that's that's the character of god isn't it, it just he wants the yeah. best and he wants us to come come up higher really i mean and there lies the crux of the matter I mean if your theological view says you know try a bunch of times but there's going to be a deadline and you might not make it so don't worry about it that can be an issue I think that can be a real problem if your if your theological view teaches you to just keep going and always put your best in you know you, you have to fall back on that overarching kind of caveat you, you'll sure know them by their fruits if people are producing life and godliness and bringing what you'd say the kingdom of heaven down to wherever they are then there's something really to be said for that you have to take note of that and 
you may still not disagree with their theological position on where we're still here and what we're doing and maybe where or what our future is but they may hold you know some some truth it may be a partial truth so you have to be really careful about what you think you believe and where that theology is taking you um and i know that one church that i've listened to like online they've had to address that very thing this that they believe there is a moment in the future where jesus will appear physically but not to kind of to realize that the time that they're in is still a time of investing and sowing and reaping in the world so yeah please set up businesses set up have children i mean this was a question should you even have children mm. right if you think that god is going to come back tomorrow yeah don't have children you know if you think terrible times are ahead you know in a couple of years why bother doing a lot of the things you're doing yeah i mean i'm not saying that's necessarily wrong but it can lead down to if you if you're mistaken if you've not got the timing right even you can go down a road that is actually really like detrimental to your future you may stop you investing in a retirement fund you may think well i'm not gonna be here in 20 years and i've heard people say that even here which you know let's face it middle england isn't exactly a hotbed of theological debate but i've even heard people say i don't think we're going to be here in 30 years it's they're just reading of this what they think is going off in the world mm. and they've got some faith and so they think well i think jesus is going to come back one day and it looks pretty grim so uh you know i don't think i'm going to be here in a few years and i've heard other people say you know no it's going to be like you know it's going to be in a thousand years time and it actually affects the, the way they live um they may not perceive why it does but it does you know i've heard people throw caution to the wind and says no he's not i don't think there's going to be an, a moment um in fact i think i'm pretty safe and they're just using it as an excuse to do whatever they want to do hmm. to live however they want to live like there's no accountability so you know you can have to read between the lines but people have an opinion on these things hmm. you just have to kind of ask the right questions it's there um and it does affect that the way they live even if it's subconsciously even if it's just kind of how they view the future um and that really matters how you view the future hmm. what is your future you got kids you know how far ahead are you thinking mm. you know have you got a plan have you got a grand plan you know to talk about the whole five-year plan you know going right back to stalin five-year plan what are we what are we working towards and do we think it's worth it do we think we've got that amount of time so i love the stuff i love like studying it mm. and going into this topic um but yeah i think it's really really uh, important to do it occasionally so I'm glad we're kind of going through it. What do you think? I think I think I think it's really important to kind of um, see the future as as a thing of excitement. You know that the church. You know I do believe that the world is going to get um, get worse, um, uh, but I do believe the church is going to be, you know, absolutely spotless, perfect. And, and, you know, I wonder how much, you know, the two will encroach upon each other. Um, you know, who knows? You know, because ultimately the plan is, you know, God to be in charge. 
I believe, you know, through scripture, kind of God to be on charge, living amongst his people, you know, in the same sphere, um, you know, and, you know, if maybe, maybe we are you know, meant to learn more about being in leadership and being the head, not the tail of society, um, taking, you know, I mean, listening and learning you know, about the message trust in, in, in Manchester and, and the percentages of, you know, people that get, you know, employed by that trust and, you know, the reoffendment um, percentage is so much lower than, than the government's, you know, kind of approach to things. And how amazing that that is, you know. Mm. That's that's the way it is meant to be. You know, this is this is a you know the church, the kingdom of God is a safe place. So it's prisoner rehabilitation, is it? Like yeah, kind of yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, it that's that's the way it's meant to be in in so many spheres of life. I think you know, and, um, and it's just getting out there, isn't it? It's it's you know that, that that's me trying to do this podcast is being a voice in the world as well, you know, and just, you know, here, here's what we believe. And uh, let's have a dialogue. Um, and just, you know, just not hiding away. Um, um, you know, it, it, and just being a part of, you know, councils, government, and just taking leadership, taking ownership of the people that you live next door to. And, um, and just, and that, that's, you know, something. Sometimes that's a time issue. You know, and and you know, life can be busy. But you know, it was. I do believe we. You know, we're meant to prioritize um, these kind of things and uh, and see where it comes to. And and you know, church. You know, is such a powerful thing, uh, but in of itself, you know, if it's just you know on its own. If it's not giving its light to you know all the different spheres of of existence, then it's not you know doing its purpose, really. Yeah, well, I guess that's the point, isn't it? Of some of these debates, it's like, what is the point? Is the point to scream from the rooftops? There's disaster coming around the corner. Is that your job? Is it like Habakkuk? Go to the rooftops, shout it, make a big banner, tell everybody there's, there's a problem coming, and you need to get ready. Mm. Or is it to do what you said to invest and i think there's a degree of truth truth to both i mean that's such a cop out of an answer but i do you know um and like one thing i've seen more and more recently is as i drive down the motorway every day i see more i see litter and it's on the verges <laughs> yeah. and and it's just crazy because I go down there every day and I never really noticed it. It almost like blends into the background. Mm. And then one day I remember just pulling up near a junction and just looking on. Oh my word, there's just acres of rubbish here. Who are these people? What, what are they doing? You know, I've never, I don't see people throw things out the window when I'm driving on the M1. So where's all this coming from? But there's people who don't want to invest. It's people who don't care. They've got very, they're short-sighted about the place where they live. They don't realise it, it Thing, little things like that affect the whole and bring down the kind of view how people view your area mm. the economic knock on that will affect effect on like whether one people want to move in there whether businesses want to move in there you know it's, it's a knock on effect again theologically it's very similar you know if you think whether it be 
that there's going to be an end time big move of God and everything's going to go literally to hell or whether you think just the country's suffering and to be honest this country's doomed regardless of what time and era it is you will be a lot less casual you'll be a lot more casual about how you treat it you'll be a lot less careful about the things you do around it you'll treat it rougher you'll like litter in other ways in your life now there can be a degree of truth to that you know it could be it, it could I don't think it is but it could be that this country is going down to literally or proverbially hell you know but it might not be and the fact that it might not be means you just get involved try and bring it up you know and how you do that is really down to your own set of skills really I mean America when I was in America and Canada they were quite pushing this idea of businessmen community market Christians mm getting in there setting up Christian like businesses and America have been doing that for years I don't hear about it as much in Britain maybe I'm just not in the right spheres of influence maybe I'm just not seeing it or maybe it's there it's just not that big I don't know but I admire the fact that they are trained to get their fingers everywhere by going we want to be a positive influence Mm. not necessarily it could sound so manipulative as well couldn't it we're trying to get in there to try and twist it to our, our advantage and I think people fear that as well. You know, there's this idea that the American evangelical Midwest has such a political power base that you know you don't want them in any involved in anything because they can manipulate policy and lobby certain governors and senators and congressmen. They can try and manipulate the country to bring out a Christian view of the country. So people fear that and they don't want anything to do with it. But it's not about that, is it? It shouldn't no. be about that. Anyway, it should be about doing what you can. It's like the Christian environmentalist. It? Mm-hmm. It's being it's being a steward of the earth, and you know, yeah. going back to the you know the first book of the Bible, just you know, being a gardener, you know, and just looking after what is you know uh, around us in our in our vicinity and our neighborhood, really, and um, just you know, getting coming from this to a, to a different topic you know I was listening to a, a podcast today and talking about kind of erosion uh, talking about you know a kind of erosion of of beliefs uh, erosion and change of opinion on the, the subject of the, the the normal orthodox, way of thinking of of Christianity and the Bible um, in mainstream society or just in, 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 the in, in church and mainstream yeah. um, and just just to kind of touch upon that I don't think we need to kind of go into it into massive detail because you know like if this is only the second podcast and I don't want to get too bogged down and you know semantics and everything else um, but you know kind of this guy, um, you know, the podcast was about this this guy that I remember seeing him preach on kind of Christian uh, programs um, years ago, and how he's kind of kind of preaching a different way of 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 seeing the Bible, of you know, basically saying that you know hell is not real, um, and. Kind of, I've listened to that. You know, I've listened to a, a few discussions between him and, and other guys, and just out of interest of how you know it's been 
how that doctrine has come about, um, where is he seeing that, uh, and why is he changing his view from uh, a guy that was quite influential in America, um, quite in the pockets of you know lots of quite big names, and for him to change that, you know it, he he had a church of thousands and um, which has now closed its doors um, over this. Which I, I think, you know, that's that's such a sad thing. You know, that's such a sad thing. You know, and, and I was kind of asking myself, where does that come from? Um, and where does that come from in the Bible? And, um, and you know, I, I, I listened to kind of his argument and different people's arguments, you know, in the same kind of videos on, on YouTube. And uh, it, it's, it's basically, it is an erosion. Um of um, kind of a way of, of thinking and that's kind of seeing the bigger picture you know we're talking about you know seeing the bigger picture of environments and, and, and our neighborhoods and, and you know kind of building up and this was almost for me an erosion of of belief um, kind of you know taking something apart just to take it apart um, you know is this positive if you know he he was you know he's arguing basically about universalism and saying you know everyone's going to to heaven um and you know if that is true for, from his point of view you know he's lost everything um and if if that is true then it doesn't change anything him preaching that gospel doesn't change anything because nothing can be changed by that kind of a gospel because it is a gospel of it is the way it is you know um so yeah it's just an interesting thing to to think about and talk about um you know it's and and ultimately i i it kind of led me on to thinking about certain things of that they he didn't refer to you know you know, John John the Baptist. If you take away hell, if you take away repentance, it's basically a, a crazy man in the wilderness eating locusts mm -hmm. for no apparent reason. I mean, that's very similar instead of Jesus, isn't it? If you take away some of the supernatural elements of what he believed, he was insane. Mm. You know, the thing, the things he claimed he should be locked up for, they were not. A philosophical approach to dealing with life mm. and and it is this kind of it's very postmodernism, isn't it it's postmodernist philosophical interpretation of the bible mm. that's kind of trying to see it as a an aid to interpreting the chaos of life mm. and the chaos within rather than what it seems to most obviously be it's almost they see it as a crass interpretation to go, yeah, hell, heaven, yes, yeah, it's, it's not, it's deeper than that. And it's like, no, I don't necessarily think that it is deeper than that. I think it's deep enough as it is. You know, they, they're saying that the Bible and the messages from it are a philosophical lesson, a little bit like, um, you know, these, these are kind of hypothetical or these Socratic debates that I've read you know if you read Plato he talks about these debates things that may or may not have happened but they're there to teach mm. 
mm. and to educate. And I know that that's probably how a lot of Jewish people t- interpret the early part of Genesis. Mm. And I know that theologians believe that Job is very similar. The book of Job is to teach whether it literally happened or not is irrelevant to them as well. Even if it, you could claim it to be absolutely true, it's not the point. It's to educate, it's to teach, it's to enlighten. And so they t- extrapolate that fully and go, well, hell, the idea of hell, what Jesus was saying about hell, what Jesus was saying about heaven, what he was saying about this, it's not necessarily literally true. He's telling stories to educate because that's the style in which you would learn. Mm. Um, and so you get this much deeper philosophical view whilst just dismissing some of the absolute claims of it. Mm. Absolute claim. This is true, Jesus would say. Um, and so, yeah, I can see how they end up down there. Mm. Uh, philosophy is a very kind of, it's just a rabbit warren that just seems to extend forever. And, you know, even my tiptoeing in it, it's just, you just, makes you feel lost. It really makes you feel lost. And so when I think the people that you're kind of referring to, they will talk about a philosophical approach to reading the Bible. Mm. And yeah, it's just a, a coping kind of way of seeing the Bible as a way to cope and deal with life. Because life's hard enough, isn't it? I mean, mm. life is tough. And they kind of see a lot of Christians not dealing with it that well, let alone investing in the world, let alone going into marketplaces, let alone bringing, quote-unquote, the kingdom of heaven. Most Christians are barely coping day-to-day. They feel pretty bad about themselves. They're entrenched with sin. There was a statistic years ago that it's like 60% of pastors in America were addicted to pornography. So these statistics are out there, not just on that, but on all kinds of issues that the church doesn't seem to be helping that much. They seem to be struggling to keep numbers. So actually let's go back to the bible let's look for what the bible's really telling us how to live and there's some validity in that but absolutely not at the cost of dismissing its outright definitive claims and that's where i would deviate from that yeah yeah it's it's kind of like you say it's an approach of um you know thinking that a lot of the bible is is a story and it's something that can be you know looked into and 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 it's nice uh and and you know it's it's a way of making the bible not stretch you um yeah you know and it's a way of making it palatable um bite-sized in your pocket um you know going and and like as a visual you know representation of that it's kind of um you know almost like what the israelites did at the foot of 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 the mountain you know they they made god into a an idol you know a, a, a golden um calf and that was something that they could control yeah you know and and there's there's so you know in these kind of arguments discussions changes you know erosions of of truth it's basically making god into something that people can control mm. and you can't You'll never be able to, you know. He, God, is always going to be a mystery. He's always going to be a mystery to a degree, um, and he's always going to be someone that you know. You think you get your, you know, your teeth into who he is, then you know it. He, he is 
far greater than everything else. But and that's that and that's the power of the scriptures. You know, some something like that. You know, deity that is huge. You know, it, he he is so much bigger than our minds and our ways of thinking. You need truth. You need boundaries. You will need, you know, you know, words and 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 doctrine that are not movable, because, you know, he is too big for for you know he is too big for you, and you don't have the wisdom to you know change things. Um, you don't have you know the insight basically to change things. Uh, and you know even things that you know see in new parts of the Bible. You know, I, I I keep saying this to to myself. You know, just things I read, I, I, I've got to take it into context of everything. And you know, happily, you know, when I was a new convert, you know, kind of God led me to read the Bible so much, and it got into me. You know. And and still, you know, I can go through periods where, you know, the scriptures aren't being read to to the same level, but you know, if I hear someone say something that is incorrect, I, you know, there's there's this kind of foundation in me that no, that's nonsense, you know, because I know what it says, you know, I know how I have an understanding of the context. I mean, when it comes to pop theology, like you're saying, there's a real dark tendency to reduce the gospel um, and to reduce God to like bite-sized, manageable Facebook memes. Mm. You know, and I, I can't, that reductionist view drives me nuts. I, I <laughs> you know, people say, you know, we just need to love each other. And I'm like, right, that... I get what you're saying and there's there's truth to what you're saying but what you're meaning by what you're saying is just don't worry about a lot of the stuff that's in this book Christianity is not that complicated and I would say to a degree yeah, there's some truth to that as well but actually no God who is revealed through his word is incredibly complicated as you've said mm. you know let's not just reduce this down to a simple bite-sized message for one how do you know what love is like we can kind of hypothesize what it might be and what it is to us. But as a Christian, the phrase God is love does not mean use your interpretation of love and that is God. It means whatever God is, that is what love is. That's, that's um, good. Yeah, you can go through the Bible and see what he does and how he acts and how he responds and how he feels about things. Through that, you can define what love actually is. Hmm. You know, that's supposed to educate us on what love is so but the reductionist view to like i said turn it into this little nuggets that we can take away and feel good and feel like we've understood something mm. and i'm a teacher i know what it is like to feel like yeah i've got something there you know i kind of worked it out and yeah, it's fine you know we want those moments where we feel we've worked a little bit out you know but work it out through the word work it out through your own little look into what the bible says rather than feel like the world's worked it out for you already You've, your experiences have worked it out for for you already and actually you're going to apply that to the bible it's, it's backwards is what i'm trying to say it's the other way around um and little bite size what you're saying mm. like 
twist it like this reductionist view of the gospel it's making please, it fit into yeah, it please right into that it's like you've already kind of got it you're already there you mm. just need to and to be honest it does sound good but man it's for one it's boring because really what does it offer you it doesn't open your mind it doesn't get you to think at all mm. um, it doesn't excite you in any way it doesn't actually offer you any help um, other than maybe what the temporary moral support it can give you like that one little phrase like God loves you you know God is love just be loving it, it, it maybe makes you feel like oh I only have one or two tasks if I just do this well yeah if you just do a few little nice things let's take off little baby chunks at a time you can maybe live the life you want to the Christian life you want to live um, but ultimately you know you want to find out who God is you if you're a Christian, you want to worship him. If you're not a Christian, you might want to find out what the Bible has to say about him. Let's not kind of put these little easy to hear bite-sized phrases in that makes everybody dismiss the entire question of who God is, mm. which is really what a lot of the time it does. It says you don't require effort, any effort to do this. Yet Christians should want to know who he is and non-Christians, if you really, if they don't want to like this person, then find out who you're not liking. At least for great atheists even or agnostic philosophers or great thinkers have often approached the subject at least a little bit to find out who he is Dawkins a fierce opponent of Christianity has at least looked at it maybe not how we would interpret and like him to look at it but he's at least had a look where those things don't help at all in that you know? no. yeah and ultimately that kind of that question in that erosion takes away what it's a actually about and it's about relationship if if you know if you take away the the kind of reliance on god that that kind of way of thinking does because you know if 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 jesus has done everything that we don't have to fear that's a wrong approach if we don't have to worry about anything and we can do whatever we like in this life because Jesus has has finished it. You know we and you know people can experience the end goal of being you know in in heaven at the end of their life. What is the point of a relationship with God here? What is the point of of you know that the, the Bible says you know work out our salvation with all fear and trembling. It's a working out. You know, it's 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 a wrestling like Jacob. You know, it's a wrestling. You know, I will not let you you go, um, and you know that that is what it's all about. You know, it, it's 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 reliance on him, and you know, saying to him every day, you know, you will keep me, you will keep me right. You know, and and that's such a powerful thing. That is belief. Belief is relying on, you know, him entirely, um, and. The opposite, that way of you know thinking, that erosion of of truth, you know taking, you know taking hell out of the equation is just the start of things. It's it's a it's a self, it's a self strength kind of approach. You know I am I am strong enough. That's what it it kind of births for me is is, you know I'm I, I can do this on my own. You know mm. I don't need anything else, and that's such a terrible way of thinking. You know, I I love the fact that you know that I can't do anything without him every day. You know, every morning 
is new um, with him. And, you know, he keeps me right. He keeps my family right. He looks after my family. Um, and, you know, to me, that's the same thing. You know, talking about the end goal of, of, of you know, there's no hell. Um, you know, why share our, our faith? Why share, you know, how good he is to other people? There's no point. There's no eventual point, yeah. If um, I suppose you could go down the idea of annihilationism, mm. not just universalism, but yeah, there's there eventually, I suppose you could say, is no point. Um, but now getting back to the point, you know, this idea of just stripping things back from the gospel. It, it takes the fun out of the whole thing, you know, really. You want to find out who God is. And your point about relationship, spot on. You know, you want to, I don't want to reduce my wife down to a few bite-sized phrases that I can utter on blind date and go, she's like this. Mm. You know, you want to say we're incredibly complicated people. Mm. We're incredibly complicated. Yeah. As human beings, we are unbelievably complicated. I remember I, was just, I read a, psychi- a clinical psychologist say, you are way too complicated to know yourself. Don't claim to know yourself. And it's an important thing to know that you cannot understand yourself. You understand bits of yourself. You've got experiential knowledge. You know how you feel. But you are so complicated. And this is why people surprise you after you've known them years. Well, imagine you want to take things off God and strip him down to a few bits, a few basic principles that are appealing. That's a boring God. Mm. It really is. And it's no fun finding out. And we all, I've heard that proverb quoted a lot, and I do like it. It's the glory of a king to, uh, God to hide a matter, and it's the glory of a king to search it out. You know, God hides things for you to kind of find out, a little bit like creating a, an Easter egg hunt for kids or a hide-and-seek thing. It's a fun th- activity for you to find out who he is. It requires some effort, though. It does. It requires some thinking. Mm-hmm. And I include myself in this. People don't like to think it's hard it requires a bit of self-reflection it's tough you know you kind of feel every time you're really properly thinking like you're out in the middle of an ocean and you're not quite sure which way to look and which way is land it's like that you know and I appreciate the feeling of no I'm really asking you to think about something for the first time so uh, to kind of finish on um, this podcast I'd like to kind of touch on like kind of personal um, desires in, in, in of faith and uh, what kind of things um, we want to see in our lives um, in our church life and in our area um, what you know we'd like God to take us into um, and what God can take us into you know I love scriptures like you know um, you know say to this mountain be cast up and and uh, you know, be thrown into the sea. You know, just the limitless of God and the Holy Spirit. I absolutely love. That's one thing that, you know, um, I feel that you know, God will will open up in this area in in our lives. Just the limitless of God to to kind of take um, two two lives um, that are open to God. Uh, and reliant on um, and how God can bless that you know God can can do anything with anyone um, I fundamentally believe you know and it, it's just because it's based on 
a Holy Spirit living inside of us. You know, it's something that, you know, Christians, after a certain while in church, you're very aware of, you know, that, that, that doctrine, that truth. But if we actually believed, you know, God lives inside of us, you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you know, anything can happen um, each day if we're totally reliant on him. You know, how, how powerful that is. You know, we can give the words of life to people as we, as we meet them in our day-to-day existence. Um, we can pray for the sick and they, you know, they can recover. We can give uh, words of prophecy that will enable that person to live out their divine road, you know, in their life. How amazing things, you know. I feel like, you know, kind of God did some real powerful things in, in my early Christian life. Um, and how, you know, sometimes God kind of tr- trains you and teaches you who you are early on. And then you kind of progress from that onto other things. And then sometimes it's so important to, re- to re- remember and go back to what God taught you at that point in time. And, you know, for me personally, God just teaches, you know, talks to me through ideas. You know, I love ideas. I love kind of thinking outside the box um, and seeing, you know, the gospel, the good news in different ways. And, and, you know, how I love how humans are so different that, you know, you can say one thing to one person and it will change their life. You say that exact same thing in that same way to someone else and it'd be like what you know it's it's so dependent on how god has made each individual you know and why why paul said you know i will become all things that i might you know win some and how i love the openness of of you know technology in in today's date and and how you know truth can go out you know on podcasts on recordings on on youtube videos you know how prevalent you know this truth can go out you know in in a million different ways and how you know we as the church we as christians can should be on you know the you know the 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 kind of the crux of that uh what we're trying to say you know at the at the start of that at the front of that kind of way of thinking um let's see these new ways of of kind of progressing and of, of giving the truth out to people in different ways and how people um, process. Be, let's be aware of how different people process information. You know, not everyone processes information from the front of a church. You know, I, I believe I've learned to do that over many years of being in church. But in society, that isn't the norm. That isn't the norm. And it's being aware of that and and being aware of that kind of time allocation to certain ways of you know um you know kind of progressing the 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 gospel the, uh, and truth to to society to the world um what do you think yeah i mean i i think it's a good discipline like you said you learn and it's a good thing to learn is to learn to listen even if it's not your preferred style of learning. I mean, I've, 
I'm really good at it just because it's my natural way of learning. In fact, if anything, I'm not very good at visual learning. So <laughs> if I'm listening to somebody speak, I don't have to look at them at all. That's been reinforced by the fact I've listened to so many podcasts, books in the car. I, I'm not looking at anybody, I'm just listening. And I've really benefited over the years from exactly that, that style of learning. Hmm. I mean, I would like the fact that most people learn like day to day is they have training. Hmm. You know, it's really useful. I've been trained professionally. You know, and, and a lot of people are trained professionally. It's probably something the church doesn't do that that well, actually, is train people professionally to be whatever they need to be. And um, it's because I don't think we always know what to do. So, I, you know, I would love to kind of know more about what I'm good at hmm. in the church. You know, I'm not down about what I can do. Um, but I think, you know, some professional training about what I, whatever I'm good at, would would be nice because that's how people gain confidence to do what they do professionally mm. you know in the world people you know I can do that yes I'm qualified I mean that's the phrase and I'm qualified you know you feel like you are mm. and I am qualified you know and because I've got professional qualifications I can go into a scenario and I, mean, I feel confident to do that um, and it's just because you kind of submitted to an authority that says, yeah, you're, we think you've met our standards. And you're like, cool, I, I've met those standards. We now give you the authority to go out and do what, what we do. And you're like, okay, I'll do that then. I feel confident to do that. You know, the, the church, I suppose the Church of England's quite good at doing that. They vicar train. So it's not just you're trained to be a minister. You know, you might not be the best minister in the world, but what has happened is a, a big body said, you're up to our standard and people are like okay cool you know I'm, I'm qualified to do this I can do this I I feel the kind of the uh, I feel empowered effectively by their their approval of me and their body I trust so that's cool I'd like to see more of that really I really would I, I love training you know I like teaching I, I really do you know I'm a teacher by profession so I like that I'd like to see that done more uh, to a higher standard in church I wouldn't mind being involved in it to some degree, but I would think I would like to learn a lot first. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to see that done. I really would. I think it's, you know... What about personally? What kind of things would you like to see, you know, in the future for, for you? For me, I mean, I, I love... Well, you talk about what you loved about God. Yeah. You said, I love this about God. What I love about God... I love a few things about God, obviously. <laughs> One thing I really like about God is obviously his in, in unbelievable mercy. Mm. And I remember hearing a, a minister say, you know, it's better that you, that Jesus, you sinned, Jesus died, and then you understood how forgiven he is, mm. than it is if you'd never sinned. Mm. I'm not quite, you know, he had a spiritual, uh, scriptural backing for that. I don't think you have to even agree with that statement. I, I kind of do. But you don't. But it's to say, look, this is how merciful he is. This is what he thinks about you. I want to demonstrate how kind I am. Um, and that's just, it's just an, a day-to-day like joy to know how merciful he is. He's ridiculously merciful. And so personally, I would love to pay that back. You know, mm. mercy is not just to keep, 
keep forgiving, keep forgiving, is to transform. I would love to see that in my life, a deeper level of transformation. I see it's rare, isn't it? Because we say it's rare that people change. Mm. People don't think people change. Some people don't believe people change ever. Mm. And as a Christian, we can hold that hope that, yeah, I can change. I may have not changed. Mm. I may have not changed for a year. I may have not changed for 50 years. I may have never changed, but I still believe I can because he's there with me and he forgives me and he's merciful. I mean, it's astonishing how careful, care, like merciful he is. And the heresy of Marcionism was a, a belief a few hundred years ago that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament were two different gods <laughs> because they couldn't reconcile how one seemingly was quite cruel mm. and the other was really super loving and kind. Um, but I was just thinking the other day about there's a king Manasseh in the Bible he's a king of Judah mm. historical king of Judah and he did horrendous things he burnt children alive mm. he sacrificed children alive there's a historian Simon Sebag Montefiore who says that they used to play drums in the city of Jerusalem to drown out the screams of children I mean this guy's a monster mm. an absolute nightmare mm. And you should, in Kings, the book of Kings and Chronicles, it chronicles how wicked he was. And at the very end, he got what was coming to him in some respect, and he repented, and God forgave him. And you're like, what God is that that would forgive that? Mm-hmm. He's way kinder. He's unbelievably merciful to, a, to what many people would say, and we know it's not to a fault, but to a fault. It's incredible how kind and compassionate he is. Mm-hmm. And for the for like the lifelong Christian, for the Christian who's been born up in church, it's knowing that he forgives the many times over. You know, for some people it's like this big, they've done a lot of stuff. And I've met people, I met, I particularly remember meeting one guy who'd killed many people Mm. with a machine gun in like South America. Mm. And he was forgiven. And he'd done a serious time in prison. But he felt forgiven. You know, he forgives these big things. But for some people, forgiveness is, well, can he forgive me Two times. Can he forgive me three? Can he what? What is it like to forgive me every day? Mm. And I suppose that's where you go back to Peter's question: How often should I forgive my brother? You know? mm-hmm. But he just keeps going, doesn't he? He just keeps going, mm. and you don't want to take that for granted. You don't want to, you know, misuse that. So I'd love to see that fully played out in my life. He forgives me. Brilliant. I'm going to pay it right back to him and say, "Yep, you've forgiven me." I, in whatever way it, it, it looks in my life. I'm throwing that, I'm giving that right back to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and obviously that really means, <laughs> that really means a perfect life, I suppose. But, mm-hmm. You know, I would love to say when I, you know, I believe I see Jesus that, you know, you forgave me so many times, but, uh, you know, it may take me a long time, but I get, you know, I started to just throw, you know, pour it all, all back to you, mm-hmm. you know, so I love that about God. Mm-hmm. He is relentless in his compassion and forgiveness Mm -hmm. and uh, you know I don't see any disparity between this God of the old and God of the new he's the same unbelievably caring God Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. for me for me I I really want to there's like a part of me that wants to see what it's like to live a life of no fear Uh, you know Mm. like living living day to day where I don't fear anything I think I think ultimately I think heart, a lot of what, all this is to see the church born into that you know 
a church having no fear of of people's you know opinions uh no worries about you know kind of financial worries you know no worries about you know what this life could do to you you know and the freedom of that that's what i want to see more and more i'm starting to make slight dents into my own fear of yeah. of people you know i don't know if i've got more or less i, I know I'm, I'm i'm scared of what people's reaction is yeah. to what i believe and you know to be totally honest that's something that is frustrating to me uh but i know like going back to you know, you know how god is so patient and is so so kind and so patient and 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 it's not being harsh on yourself sometimes it, it's kind of uh, not you know giving the devil you know kind of harmonizing the, the with the devil in in his kind of judgments on yourself just living this christian walk basically you know changing from glory to glory each day uh in his tempo and not being frustrated with your own walk um but you know just actually getting to that point where you know i can walk up to someone and if i know that you know god has given me a word for that person give it to them uh and not worry about that um and that's and that's something that just comes from a close walk you know that that that's something that comes from you know just waiting on him being totally reliant on him um and just not running off on your own just actually kind of just being aware of who he is what he's saying to you at, at that moment in time and um so that's what i want to see i want to see i want to i want to live like you know you know the Bible said, you know, you this you will do and more so than Jesus, and that's something that is, is a promise that you know you can take up, you can run with that, or you can just ignore it and say I'm happy with my own you know present understanding and and walk with God. I'm I'm never going to be like that. I'm always going to be thinking you know that's that promise. That promise is in the Bible. That can be mine. You know, I want to see greater miracles than than Jesus, and I know that takes a lot of kind of you know a lot of me laying myself down. Um, no, I mean I think it's important. You know, you've got to set the high, the bar is set high biblically. Yeah, you've got to set the set the same bar. You know, and you may think, well, I'm kind of you know I love spending my time watching films and goofing off and. To be honest, the idea of performing great miracles in Jesus seems just a, a million miles away. But keep it, keep that ambition because it's the biblical ambition you should have. Yeah. You know, and knowing how forgiving he is, you know that it's possible. You know that he's there to see you through. So yeah, you need to, I think it's important to keep those. I mean, what we both said effectively is we're aiming for perfection, mm. which is great. You know, you've got to... <laughs> You've got to believe it's possible. Yeah. And in my interview for my last job, they said, uh, what's something positive about yourself? And I said, uh, I'm ridiculous. I'm overly optimistic. 
and I may appear like a mis- miserable person half the time in my face, but I generally am pretty kind of cheerful, but I'm also pretty positive about my day. You know, I think that things are possible. Mm. I think that things will work out because I've got God in my life. Mm. But you're right. I mean, I, I, I want confidence is a big issue. You know, you, you want it to kind of banish fear. You want to be more confident. Mm. This week I heard of a psychologist talking about the implications mentally of lacking confidence. Mm. It's chilling. It's mm. chilling. You know, you know, it's important to be confident. It's not just a benefit. It's not just a good thing. And I, what's funny is I'd never considered myself to be a particularly lacking confidence person or particularly my adult life. I think I've grown in confidence, but I don't feel lacking in it. But, you know, when you paint the picture of somebody who is lacking in confidence psychologically and what they're like, when you hear somebody say what they like, you go, you know, you find yourself saying, you go, yeah, that seems to be a little bit like me. Maybe I am lacking in confidence. Maybe I have fear operating in areas of my life. So, yeah, it's absolutely unbelievably important. Mm-hmm. Confidence is king. It just depends where you get it from. That's very true. With that, um, let's kind of close with a, qu- a quick prayer, basically. Thank you, Father, for, for this uh, this time together. Um Lord, we just make us into a people where we would just, you know, hit that high call. Lord, that we would experience what you paid your life to give us in this life. Lord, would you just raise our raise the bar of our faith, of our walk? Would you, you know, just really challenge us from day to day? Um would you kind of show us the people to talk to? Would you show us, you know, the 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 moments where mm. you want to break into our life or someone else's life? Would you just give us divine revelation from you this next week? Amen. Amen. And uh, if you want to send us any questions you know uh, we're still trying to work out what kind of topics to kind of talk about and and think about so if you want to send us any questions to uh, minortownprofits at gmx.com uh, it'll be nice to kind of read what you think uh, as well you know, feel free to send anything uh, we, like, like we say you know in, in this for the long haul it's something that we love you know, we, we listen to, you know, countless podcasts ourselves, so we might as well make our own as well, you know. It's, let's just throw that out there. Uh, so, until next time, it's uh, bye for now.